We acknowledge the traditional landowners of this country. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. We would particularly like to acknowledge the traditional landowners of the land on which we stand. I am on Wiradjuri land. Tam stands on the land of the Dharawal people and Laurie on the land of the Tarabal people. We express our great gratitude in sharing this land with you. Remember our disclaimer, materials and content in this podcast are intended as general information only and should not be substituted for medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. I should go make a tea, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should. <laughs> make a tea. We've made a few adjustments, Laurie. We looked at the list. We were like, fuck. <laughs> don't ask me that. that is- I don't want to answer that. <laughs> Maybe not what we want for the end of the year with mental health, like, low. <laughs> yeah, but I, well, when you sent it to me, I was like, oh, that's a great list. I can't wait to hear everyone's answers. Um, but I'm not answering. Like, why would I answer this question? <laughs> Right. You guys can be vulnerable, but I'm not. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, Siri, Siri's being vulnerable. I don't need you right now. Siri loves yeah. you. So we've chosen three of the less aggressive questions. Um, what they are, I cannot remember now. Joe, can you remember what they were? I Wait, why are you choosing? Isn't there supposed to be like 10 and then? I, I know, but they were we too aggressive, Laurie, We'll still randomly like, pick them. You know, like if you want to keep it on the pelvic floor theme, it could be. Do you have any pelvic floor problems? Right? Oh, like share our own pelvic floor problems. Yeah, like those could be some of it. Like, do you have a pelvic? Because, I mean, we don't usually talk about ourselves in that Uh, respect. I don't really have one, though. You don't have a problem or you don't have a question? A pelvic floor problem, per se. I mean, I suppose I do have a problem. Do you? I don't. I don't. I know, but I don't class it as a problem. My degree of bother is low. Yes, <laughs> but I know, even, but even this... that is a good point. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. See? I've never wanted people to think that it influences how I treat other people. And because we try to be, you know, objective. But there's always that element that your experiences always influence how you mm. talk to people, how you think, how you treat people. So I don't think you can take that out anyway. No, I don't think you can. That's why I love treating my pelvic pain girls because I feel like I get them. I get it. Mm, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's dive deep in. Who's going to share their yeah. story first? <laughs> Oi, what story? Hey, 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 about their pelvic floor. Isn't that what we're doing? Oh, well, I thought we were picking a question or. Are we going to do that too? I thought we were going to the pelvic floor vibe. <laughs> are we just doing one question or are we doing. Just one question. Yeah. So maybe we could okay. do both. Yeah. And maybe Tam, you could give us a bit of background and we can give a shout out to our, um, not the influencer, but who inspired this. So my favorite podcast, apart from this one, Laurie, of course, before I joined, (laughs) um, is the imperfects which they're i just think they're great and what they do is speak to lots of really cool people um and they're all about 
vulnerability or being vulnerable. Um, and in particular episodes, what they do is a vulnerability house where they drink tea. I'm not sure whether they really drink tea or not, but potentially they do um, bring um, and they bring a particular person on and they ask them questions. So what actually happens is there's a deck of cards and then they're allowed to pick three cards from that deck and then they answer one of those questions. And of course, the point is to be quite deep with the questioning mm. um, and uh, allow their vulnerable selves out. And I feel like, Laurie, you have a spin off the name of that podcast oh, for today. We're doing a spin off of it and you've chosen a different name. We We've chosen the vulvability house. <laughs> well, but we don't have to have the house. It could just be the vulvability room session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I tried yeah. to spell that before. Yeah. And um well, you did a great difficult. job. You did a did good I? job. Good, but yeah. before look, before we do our part. The, so you got me to listen to The Imperfects, which I love. And one of my favorite vul vulnerability house ones they did was Missy Higgins. Yes, I love and that Not, not a lot of North Americans, I think, know who she is. I think Scar might have made it to Canada, um, which was, what, again, like 20 years ago. So long um, ago. But, oh, my God, that, that episode was, yeah. mm, oh, it was beautiful. And then I've just been listening to... I've just started the latest one where I think, is it Hugh or Josh? Maybe Hugh, they're talking about themselves. I haven't listened to it. Uh, is the one on Ned? Because Joe, Ned mm. Brockman. Brockman. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember if I listened to you that You have to one. listen you, to that one. I, You know, I just love, and I, I wish that my son, he's 14, and I wish he was a little bit older because to have three guys sit and talk about emotions and feelings, like, it, and they and they're funny and they laugh and like it's not it's mm. serious but it's not and it's oh I just absolutely love it and I wish I, w I want my son to listen to it but again he's uh, he's not really interested in not that quite yet. there yet not <laughs> quite fair. there yet. fourteen <laughs> our spin off of today well maybe we're being not as I can't I know if I can even say the word vulnerable <laughs> as we could have been because <laughs> we have taken a few questions out that we thought were too deep maybe um for our podcast and we've selected three <laughs> and there is three in this hat that is beside me here and what I will do is select one out it's a lucky dip I do not know which one is which so wait who's going um, first Joe oh either one of you <laughs> I'll go the, hat, the hat yes, is here <laughs> um and then I'll read it out to you and then you can answer the question are you ready Joe? Ready. Okay. Big sigh. Big oh, sigh. One, I'm nervous for you. My hands are really sweaty. Yeah. yeah. If you could tell your younger self some advice, what would it be? Mm, that is a good one, isn't it? Mm. Right. Don't get too distracted. <laughs> Stay true to yourself and your dreams, you know? So I think if I think about my younger self, I think I, I knew what I wanted, but 
got a little bit distracted at times. So maybe lost sense of my priorities, you know, around that 17 time where you thought it was more important to go and go to the parties than it was to maybe do other things. The Bundy was calling. Oh, not Bundy, Laurie. I know. You mean the Stollies? I don't know what you guys had. I just assumed Bundy. (laughs) I thought Bundy was like an Australian thing and all Aussies loved it. It's a Queensland thing. What about the Blue blue Cruises? The Blue Cruises, they were a thing. Passion Pop. Oh, Oh, the Passion Pop. So many bottles of that I have drunk. Too much, too much. Four dollars. So I would say (laughs) if anyone's out there young. (laughs) I think they're about Uh, seven now. Don't do that. Uh, stay on, stay true to yourself. And I would say follow your dreams. Follow your dream. Know what they are and then just follow them. Don't get too distracted. That's what I would tell my younger self. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Thanks, Dal. Thanks. Yeah. And you know what? If you figure that out later in life, Oh, it's never too late to follow your dreams. No. <laughs> it doesn't matter that you're 40. No. And it's okay if your no, dreams like keep you changing. You could have done it when you were 18, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. It takes a little while to figure it out sometimes or get back on the path. <laughs> but then you're staying true to yourself. That's, yeah, right, that's right. By following exactly. them. And it's yeah. also okay to let some dreams go if you want to. Right. They're not true yeah. anymore. Yeah, yep. exactly. They might change. Mm-hmm. So we were going to classify the depth of vulnerability that you displayed as superficial or deep, were we? Volvo yes. or Levator? That's right. Oh, Oxygen is being yeah. the deepest, obviously. Yeah. 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 I, probably just, I probably just hit kind of pubococcygeus there, I'd say. Not quite. <laughs> Coxygeus. Yeah, definitely not coxygeus. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. no. Right, Rory, think- your turn. Oh, Wait, are <laughs> we doing that? Were we all doing the same question? Or are you going to make me a different no, one? No, no. no. A different one. <sighs> Should I tell you what my heart rate is right now? Well, I don't, yeah, I don't get have it. any fancy watch. Laurie, Laurie. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm listening. Take, take us to coxygeus. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready? No. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to give, create, be, feel, or share? With who? The world. <laughs> oh. God, because it really depends on if I'm talking about my family or if I'm talking about work. Mm. And do I have to, because all the, you, you've said a lot of words there. I know. Which I can't remember. Can't remember any. No, <laughs> I'm very visual as well. Can you see that? No, it's back to front. Um, no, no, it was right. It was right. No, no, it's right. I just couldn't see it all. So my heart's at 97, by the way. What do you want to create? Maybe be, feel, or share. Yeah. Create. Yeah, I or think share. it's. I think it's very different um, if I'm thinking about because I compartmentalize things. So I try to mm. compartmentalize the work and research, and then I compartmentalize my family, and then I compartmentalize like my friends. Um, So I guess if we're doing like a podcast in the pelvic floor space, um, again, I don't know, it keeps on changing all the time. So ideas that I have 
I, I've noticed, you know, as we get older, we start to notice a pattern. So one of the patterns I've noticed is that I seem to find spaces and enjoy spaces where other people aren't um, or other people haven't been yet. And mm -hmm. in my normal life, I'm also a little bit of a rebel. Like I can see where my daughter gets it, right? If you tell me that I can't do it, I'm going to be like, oh, well, I'll find a way. <laughs> and I've seen that like with, with, um, yeah, with being a physio. So I feel like, as you guys would know now, I stumbled down into the area of transperineal ultrasound. And mm -hmm. I feel like I need to know every little bit of background and details so that I understand it to be able to do it. Like I can't do little bits of it and then be okay with it. I want to immerse myself in the whole entire thing, which is why I started doing a postgrad in medical sonography and went, well, Jesus Christ, how about you finish your PhD? <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think, I don't know, I feel like- So then you can share that with all Yeah, I want to be able to, <laughs> I like, I like learning. I really enjoy learning, but I also like sharing with other people what I've learned. Mm, um, brilliant. And I also struggle though with like the fact that you have to, and I understand why, but like the whole business side of things where you, it, I don't want to become a business and I don't like going down the business side, but I understand when you put a lot of your time and your effort that at some, you know, you are worthy of, you know, charging people. I can't treat people for free and, um, you know, I can't always share my information for free, but that's why this podcast started, right? It was so that all these things that I wish I knew and could have asked, I can now, but then I can also give it to people for free. Mm -hmm. Be like, hey, take it, mm -hmm. take all this information. So yeah, I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, it certainly does, I think. And you have absolutely been the pioneer of the transperineal world. I wonder, obviously, you're going to teach all of us everything you know, but given you like to go to the And unknown, we will pay you for it. That's correct. <laughs> that's exactly You already right. did. You did already. See, thank you. We'll pay you more. <laughs> we want to know more. Uh, no, exactly. And that's why everyone will be going to your transperineal course like we spoke about. Which do is you know amazing. what I just did? Literally right before we started recording, I put that other online thing up. Yay. What do you mean? The course? Yeah. Yeah, it's, good. It's out, yeah, it's out there yeah. and it's I up saw there. it. I liked it already. Yeah. Really? Oh, Amazing. I didn't even look. I just literally put it up there. I was like, oh, I know. I it's just, very exciting. You're but I don't know why. I don't, I don't I don't know why. I don't want to be the person who's doing the courses. I don't know. I'm very um critical, I think, of myself. Hmm. Um, I don't know well, why. From but... what I've watched, Laurie, it's amazing. I have been a little time poor, yeah. so I've watched only sections so far, but I will yeah. watch the whole thing over the Christmas break. Yeah. But it's amazing. You it's should just, not. You just never feel like it's enough, right? There's always so much more that you can do and say, but then you're like, you don't want to complicate it because you want to make it easy for people and then you can do more later. But I just think of all the stuff that I've learned to be able to put it, and you guys do the same thing, it's being able to put it together in that clinical application because which you guys do really well with your courses, your workshop too, right? There's so much of the ultrasound, especially transperineal for pelvic floor, that isn't in our scope, that we don't really need to know that doesn't apply to us, but there's lots of it as physios that we can use and can apply. And I think being able to, for all of us to gear that down that field so that people, 
know where we do sit within that area, I think is mm. really helpful. But mm. I know that like, yeah, Canada and the US, I think are a little bit behind in that respect. Um, Australia is definitely ahead of ahead of the game. Um, but don't forget about your workshop as well, because, you know, people can go to Sydney. They don't that's right that's right and I think the hard thing with workshops is actually knowing everything that you do know Laurie and then squishing it down into a smaller like edible version because if you just pushed everything you know (laughs) into a course it would be like a million hours long and no one would learn anything actually because it would be too much so I think it's amazing that it's an hour I wonder Mm. though given that everyone is going into that space now Mm. like are you then going to be sad about that space because it's not the unknown anymore do you know what I mean this is a really interesting Mm. thing but Mm. what so here's our volume vulnerability guys Mm. why why do we feel like that why when I find a place where no one else is and then I go in it and I'm like you know I feel like I'm you know one of the few doing it I'm happy and then this has happened this my whole life when I was a even before I went into physio I was doing exercise physiology I was working at a physio clinic and they made me this was in like 2000, 2001, they made me go learn Pilates from Stop Pilates. And I'm like, what is Pilates? Like, let's do this. Why do I need to go learn it? I was in Toronto, in Toronto at the studio, two weeks every day, yeah, learning it. Then I loved teaching it and no one else was doing it. And I was totally happy. And then you start noticing people doing it and you're like, this is great. And then when everyone does it, I'm like, I don't wanna do this anymore. And then, but then sometimes you're just like, but I, why do I then, it's not jealousy and it's not envy, but why does sometimes you then feel like, oh, why, why is everyone doing it? I don't know. I can tell you why. Yeah. Why? Two reasons. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to know why. (laughs) (laughs) Well, number one, because you really like a challenge, right? You really like to challenge your own mind. And you said before, you really like to flesh out the detail and understand it. Um, and get really, really good at it, right? And that's excellent. And then, but then from that point forward, you're ready to live out your purpose, which is to share your knowledge. And so then you share your knowledge and people start doing it, which is exactly what's happening with transparent ultrasound, right? And then your job is done. And so in order for you to keep fueling your own sort of self-satisfaction and and, um, continue with your life purpose, then you need to find your next challenge and you need to do exactly the same process. And then you can share it with all of us and da-da-da. And so it continues. And then voila, you're living out your life purpose and then you can, you know, be satisfied. That's my synopsis. So I've been on a wait list to see a psychologist for like eight months. Mm. I'm mm. just going to Zoom you all the time. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. So, so Laurie does need to find her new thing. What's it going to be? Well, I know. I'm, I'm excited. That's what I got from that. Have an eyes going to, we're, we're no, going to bombard no. you with ideas now. Be like, ooh, this is something you could go and flesh we out do love us. and ideas. <laughs> it's like that I show know. I love, Joe. Hold catch fire yes. I still haven't watched it I know you have not. I have that's I okay. am up to the next season oh, I just season two yeah. like a year ago you started it's like the slowest burn ever anyway this is about an ideas <laughs> show like they just come up with cool ideas and it's called halt and catch fire because of course if you just stick with your first one then then everyone gets it and then boom <laughs> so you need you to burn. keep I need keep. to watch this where is this it's on binge. It's on SBS now. No, not <laughs> anymore. Oh, I'm like, yeah. I don't have binge oh, anymore. 
SPS. Okay. Easy to find. Okay, I'm going to have to watch that because that sounds great. Look, my next place is 3D. I, I'd already and have been doing yeah, 3D, 3D. <laughs> forever. Yeah. I just know not a lot of people have access to that. No. So I haven't found a need to be like, there's a couple people. There's a couple, there's people in Brisbane as well. But then part of me is like, but then, then they'll go see you and not me. No, why? But I don't think we can treat everyone. I think that's why I'm like, why do I have these funny feelings? It's funny to sit back and look at your own feelings and go, why do you have these dumb feelings? They're not dumb. Yeah. I've just explained it. And the yeah. other thing it's- that I was going to say that's really helped us resolve that sort of weird feeling of, you know, we want, we, I wish we could just give all of this away, you know, yeah. and, you know, but then we will be poor and we've worked yes. really hard. And in fact, yeah. we've actually probably paid a lot of money to get to where we are as well. So um, is we we resolve it by saying to ourselves, well, we're doing it for the women. We're, yeah. we're doing it because we know that if we share this, um, then every woman is going to get looked after better. Yeah. And that is good for the world. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely too. Okay. I'm going to write that so down just and recite it all the brain time. Around. <laughs> yeah. I will fit my, I will, I will flip my brain around too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for making like me sh- dig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your turn tomorrow. What's yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I was just trying to not, I don't remember what this question was. Joe, do you remember what it was? <laughs> no. Mm. Okay. Not the best one. I think I got the hardest one. What things in your past have shaped the way that you see things now or go about your life? I wish I'd have thought about the answer to this before reading that aloud on the podcast. I didn't read any of them before. So no, I know, but I I did, right? I wrote them down. What, (laughs) What things in your past have shaped the way that you see things now or go about your life? So I was very shy as a child and all through early high school. And then something happened to me, which I won't reveal because I will probably cry. And I think that is too, too deep, honestly, (laughs) for me right now. (laughs) But it was a big life event when I was in year 11 and it was very, very sad. And so I think that changed my perspective on what things matter, which big things usually do, right? So bad things that happen, although you obviously never want them to happen and you'd you'd take it back if you could. But once it happens, it does put everything in perspective. So that little thing that you were worried about, that test, speaking Mm. to that person, it doesn't matter <laughs> because in comparison to the feeling that I then had, right, at that time, it was so insignificant. So I suppose, you know, I was worried about a lot of things, a lot of seemingly small things up until, well, it was the beginning of end of year 11, beginning of year 12 that this happened to me. And then I, I think I just opened up to fun and, you know, not taking things so seriously 
from there, which has allowed me to push forward in all areas of my life, I suppose. And I forget what the question was now, actually, but <laughs> that I feel like it was about what happened to me in the past. Yes. That shaped yes. the way. Yeah. So often I will think these days, even, you know, obviously there's often a lot of challenges with kids, for example, you know, I'll often just think, well, this isn't that bad. Do you know what I mean? In compare in comparison to that or that that thing that happened, this isn't that bad. So let's just not worry about it all that much. You're probably not going to remember it next year. <laughs> Therefore, reduce worry and just enjoy your garden instead, for example, <laughs> for that moment in time, as opposed to really pondering and worrying about it. So I suppose, although awful some things do give you a lot of perspective. Mm. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I, I use one. that as a bar. Yeah. So not that bad. This isn't that bad. Yeah. And therefore yeah. just keep going on. Don't worry about it. And it makes me braver, I think too, because nothing's as bad as that. So mm. therefore, yeah, this little challenge, you know, yeah. going on this podcast with you, Laurie, for example, when my voice is awful. Beautiful. Not. Stop. Oh, I love listening to you too when I'm editing. <laughs> it just can simply not be true, but that's okay. But <laughs> that is not a big deal. Do you know what I mean? So I might as well just have fun with it um, because life is short in the mm. end, mm. right? Yeah. So you might as well enjoy it. Yeah. Would How would you feel if that, so obviously if that event didn't happen, mm. you, you would prefer it never to have happened. But if it didn't happen and you didn't get perspective, like. I think I would be an entirely different person, to be yeah. honest, unless something else happened, which you just yeah. never know, right? With sliding door yeah. moments throughout your life. Definitely. But I think it changed everything for me. Yeah. yeah. And did give me perspective, but still, of course, I would never wish that thing to happen, no. even if, yeah, but I would not change the way that I am now either, yeah. you know? Um, mm. I don't so want I anything bad to happen to the kids, but there's an element of you wish they also had that perspective, right? Mm. Where mm. some of the things that make them crumble, which is a learning mm. experience, but you're just like, oh, if only you knew what could have happened. And I don't want to put those thoughts mm. in their head because mm. sometimes I have seen little things that I get anxious about. I can start to see them becoming a bit anxious about as well. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I have to not put thoughts in their head, but yeah. you know, mm. having a bit of adversity and failure definitely would help them doesn't hurt them mm. no makes them more resilient which is really the word of the moment isn't it these days mm. but it's true and I think yeah I mean although like I said would never wish it but it was quite a young age to have that happen and quite a pivotal mm. year right to mm. yeah. well but mm. yeah that's why um yeah it does it mm. gives you perspective those types of things that is the answer to my question. I think that Very was like coxygeus piriformis yeah. almost, like yeah. Mm, yeah. way back mm -hmm. in there. Got there. right up in there, didn't we? Mm. Did we? Right up yeah. and out. <laughs> Would you like me to roll on to um, being vulnerable about my own pelvic floor issues? Oh, Do yeah. we want to go there? 
and then do around the grounds again well you might as well because we could always make it another episode too right um Mm. like a mini one throughout the year yeah maybe cool yeah I muted you before Laurie because there's a bit of background noise yeah as in you can hear my son on the game I can hear people in the background. Yeah. People would be one child. Oh, one child. (laughs) One child. Sounds Uh, like people. I was like, oh, that's the workman. Shut up. No, that is my son playing a game. Okay, fine. Yeah. I thought, so I'm like, can she hear me scratching my head? I'm like, it's probably, you know, I've turned like the gain down on the mic, but yeah. It's these these super duper ear thingy bobs I've got in ear pods. Yeah. Anywho. Um, right. Well, I thought that that's a good idea um, by you, Laurie, to talk about our own issues because, like you said, we never do, but it does probably shape our treatment and management a little bit um, and perspective probably mm. <laughs> and motives. So my, so I've got a kind of bit of a background. I, I did have stress incontinence as a netball player when I was young, um, which is probably why I'm so passionate about trying to help young athletes these days. Mm. Oh, pre-kids, um, Joe. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yep. Ah. I did nothing about it because I didn't, I was just scared by it. And yeah. but it I which probably led to my insanely hypertonic pelvic floor to cope with it. Cause then I didn't take it through with me into say, you know, 18, 19, 20, I wasn't leaking. Did you tell them anyone? Nope. Mm. I was just like, oh, that's weird. That's weird. That's really weird. Nope. Mm. Mm. And then, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't bad, but it, yeah. Yeah. And I think in my brain, what happened then is I just, that what, that's what led to my gripping pattern because I don't have anything else in my history that makes any sense as to why I had such a gripping dysfunctional pelvic floor, which of course I didn't know about because, you know, Intercourse was a bit painful, but oh, I just, whatevs, that was normal, wasn't it? Like, who knew? Mm. Um, and then I remember getting into the land of um, pelvic floor and having zero function, <laughs> not able to switch it on or off, like terrible. Anywho, you work through all that. At that point, I wasn't really trying to dissect why, um, but I can just understand it now. And so um, that was that. And then when I was pregnant with Darcy, I was fine. And we were sort of, I was starting to get into the land that's like 12 years ago um, of, you know, maybe releasing pelvic floor before birth. And I remember having it done a couple of times by a colleague and it being so excruciating that I just remember thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do birth because I can't even handle this pain. To the point where I probably just didn't get it done enough then because it was so painful, which is insane in hindsight because then, of course, I have a long second stage of labour and a 3B tear, which let's hope it was a 3B and not a 3C because now we know how many 3Cs get missed. But anywho, um, just very quickly aside, I will be um, reviewing your EAS slides from the ultrasound imaging that we took very shortly. Oh, you'll see. You'll see. Tell you later. <laughs> I think mine will look good. <laughs> mine will have a nice big dirty deficit in it. You can feel it very obviously. Everyone, I'm a really good candidate for to teach people how to do rectal exams. 
and not one person yet has missed my deficit. I've, I've felt it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there ain't nothing there. Uh, so I'm sure you'll see it on your ultrasound as well, but I'd be interested if you can see whether it goes, how deep it goes and take that little groovy measure. Um, yeah. How wide is that deficit? Anywho, as a result, was I worried? No, because I'm in the game. I mean, I remember saying to someone, I feel a bit like an accountant that's gone bankrupt or something. Like a pelvic floor physio that gets a three B tear. What the? <laughs> Anywho, um, what I did do is tons of rehab. And what I have learned is that if you have a OAC that bad, you can never stop doing external anal sphincter work because if you do, your flatus incontinence comes back very easily. So I, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm I've, from my body, I'm very aware of um, and nervous of and understanding of fecal incontinence, right? Because I'm a sitting duck for it if I'm not careful. Um, and so I've got a very strong external anal sphincter. Well, the 75% that I've got left if that, and, and I can hold it for a long time. And, but I just know that, yeah, the minute I stop doing it for a while, I'm like, oh, oh goodness. Oopsie. <laughs> Sorry. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's my story. That's my vulnerability story with my pelvic floor. There you go. Good job, Joe. I'll um I'll go next, hey, because I have to go actually in 13 minutes. Um I don't feel like I have any pelvic floor problems right now, but yet I did absolutely have them growing up. Not that I knew that they were problems with my pelvic floor. No idea. So I had very, 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 very heavy and very, very, very painful. And me just thinking back on the pain of these periods, now I just think, what was I doing? How? Was I putting up with that? Like it was like semi okay or normal. I would be up in the middle of the night, like healed over. Nothing could take that pain away that I had available right in the cupboards. Um, I remember taking pretty strong pain meds too. And just, it was just awful, honestly. Um, Couldn't use the tampon for the life of me, honestly. Could not get it in there, like, or I could, I could, I could get it out. No. So what happens is you go like, okay. So that was the the era of the applicator tampon. Oh, ooh. disaster! Those things are terrible. Oh, gross. So with those, you put the applicator in, and of course, then you're meant to push the tampon like it sits within the applicator, and you push the tampon up and in. But of course, if your levators are like, you know, and superficial pelvic floor, it just pushes into the pelvic floor muscle itself. 
And then, and then the tampon is just like at the entrance and you're like, <laughs> what do- <laughs> where is it meant to go? Why do I have a vagina? Is there, like, what is happening? And, you know, the amount of time I spent trying to get these things in there is just unheard, unbelievable and very painful too, right? So thank God the girls have these period undies. They even have period swimmers. Like, oh, where mm. were they? They're, they're amazing <laughs> now. Anyway, so that was obviously what I never thought that was my pelvic floor. And then, yes, of course, the pain with sex and then lots of weird UTI. Uh, maybe I've got thrush, but I don't. Weird vagina stuff. What's wrong with it? There's something wrong. I don't know what it is. And then, of course, um, you know, you go on the pill mainly for contraception, to be honest. It wasn't necessarily because of the periods. I, that was really washed under the rug when I went through. It was not, I, I didn't have a problem, was the general consensus of the situation. Maybe a bit crazy was was the feelings that I had when I spoke to the doctors about it. They thought I was nuts. They didn't say it, but that's what I was thinking. They were thinking that I was complaining of anyway. Um And so, but then of course with endo often, not always, but sometimes the pill doesn't work. So you start bleeding throughout the cycle. So you just all of a sudden bleeding for a month when you're on the, what is going on here? More confusion, right? Um, And then finally got down the pathway of seeing um, an actual specialist. So went to a gynae and ended up um, being, you know, thought that I had endometriosis. Again, it wasn't explained particularly well. And given the way that you figure it out is by an operation, I put that off for quite a while because I'm like, well, tell me, do I actually have it? No, we don't know. So you're telling me we have to operate in order to figure it out, you know? So finally I got the operation and, um, actually it really helped (laughs) all of the (laughs) symptoms. (laughs) Um, So still definitely a tight pelvic floor um, from there and everything that comes along with that, as we all know, as pelvic health physios, pregnant with my first child, um, had a, as you know, similar to Joe, epically long second stage, but poor Bobby couldn't even get through my pelvic floor. It was so tight. So I ended up with failed forceps vacuum and off for a Caesar, which is probably a much better choice really at that stage. Otherwise, God knows what my pelvic floor would have been like. Um, And then uh, really wanted to have a vaginal delivery with my second, got there by thinking hard about what happened at my first birth, loosening my pelvic floor. And I'll just fast forward to the point, which is now. The point is now, after my second birth, so the vaginal delivery, I dare say absolutely things are a bit looser down there. Mind you, Laurie, <laughs> when you assessed me for your, for your, um, you know, your study, lucid is not, right? <laughs> it's actually <laughs> still quite tight. And to be fair, I definitely still do have symptoms and my periods are definitely very non-optimal because of course endometriosis doesn't go away and now I have adenomyosis as well um but because I manage it all so well and I understand everything that contributes into it and the controllable factors 
my degree of bother with everything pelvic floor related and my body. Cause of course, anyone with endo has lots of other interesting body things that happen to them is super low. So that's why I don't think I've got a pelvic floor problem per se. That's why I do, but it doesn't bother me um, because I understand it. And I, I think that's where we hope to get all of our pelvic pain patients to is there because of course, particularly with endometriosis, it doesn't, it, it, it is a lifetime thing um, mm. to a degree. It's not fixed or cured. It doesn't go away after you have the operation. So it is something that needs to be managed. And if you, if you understand it and you do all the things, um, you don't have great days every day, but it doesn't bother me because I get it. I get why. Yeah. And that's my story. How come you're not story. doing the patient perspective for the endo conference in Brisbane that is in October 2023? 27. 27. 27. 27. 27. 27. Yeah. 27. 27. 27. 27. Hopefully we can get some more famous. So anyone famous that's listening. <laughs> endometriosis and would like to share your story. We would like you to next October 27. Is it? In my mind, it is the 28th, I have to say, but it's the 27th. Yeah. 2023. Yeah. 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 And no, uh, no forceps with that either, by the way. No. Not forceps. Sorry, you said forceps. No avulsion that I remember. No, I don't think so. No, because they didn't I have pull to go hard. Back to it. Mm, no, and my... I tried to, you know, I blind people in the as participants. So I I don't know who I'm looking at when I'm looking at people. Um, <laughs> except for the strange man behind me. Yeah. So hello. This, you know, this is why <laughs> we this, this is why we can't get anything done. They can't, you can't hear them. I've got them in my ears. I know. Yeah. They can't, can they hear me? They can yeah. hear you. Yeah, we can yeah, hear you. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the mic there. Who are they? <laughs> that's Joe and Tam. Oh, from Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we can talk about them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, you only have five minutes, so I will make mine really quick. Mm. Um, and let's go back to front. So she was, Joe was, uh, you know, external and I'll sphincter, you were the uterus, and I'll do the bladder. Let's just mm. get them all out, guys. Perfect. Perfect. Um, yeah, so I didn't even know what overactive bladder was, but I, my, I guess my whole life, I don't remember when it started. I remember in uni drinking so much, and I was known as a person who was always peeing because I couldn't get through one lecture at uni without having to go pee. And even if I didn't drink a lot. And I remember like, so my best friend, Kelly, she's an obstetrician. Um, and she, I remember asking her when I was starting to get into women's health about always every time I put the key in the door that I would feel like I was busting and sometimes I didn't make it. And she was like, oh, you have urgent continence. And I was like, what the hell is that? And then early on in my um, education for pelvic floor, I found Taryn. And OA, her OAB course was one of the first courses I did, not even for me, but just because she was running it. And geez, did that thing blow my mind more so because it was so complex that it was oh no, really hard <laughs> to 
why it blew my mind. Um, yeah. And, but I, I still, you know, I still have it here and there. So it was before babies, my babies, you know, Rylan was butt down, head up into my diaphragm with his feet by his ears. So he was never coming out. He never turned. So he was scheduled Caesar and I was not mm. having a VBAC. So mm. I ended up with two Caesars. Um, yeah. And still like my main triggers, it's really funny. Like as soon as I finish high intense exercise, the second I'm done that round and I know it's the end, it hits me like massive. And I just have to, you know, toe curling perineal pressure, let's be honest, is the best strategy ever. Absolutely. Not, not Absolutely. Acceptable, really not socially acceptable, but it'll stop me in my tracks. But yeah. if I'm at the gym, yeah, I just have to, yeah, just do some bridges and work on making sure that I'm relaxing which is the opposite of what you want to do. But if I can relax my nervous system, it really definitely backs off. I've thought I will never give up coffee because I don't think that that will really change it. And I'm not even going to try. No, I think I've tried. It doesn't. Yeah, I think I tried. It never did anything. And I remember thinking about medication. um, And this was before Betmega ever came out. So thank goodness, because I did do a whole podcast on Bessie Care with one of the people, one of the um, urogynecologists in America who's done a lot of the systematic reviews on the potential association with cognitive decline, even in small amounts. So I'm glad I haven't tried that, but it's hard when it, it comes and goes. And sometimes you can't predict it that to take medication on a daily basis, whereas mm. I generally can just kind of manage it. But manage it. they say we tell people like that there's certain strategies that help to relax the bladder. And when you find that strategy, it is immediate. Like, in, okay, who's doing that? It's immediate where you're like, wow, my bladder is okay. I can make it to the toilet. And you talk to patients and I'm like, and then you feel relaxed and you're calmly walking to the t- toilet. And the second you see the toilet and you start to undo your pants, you quickly try, you try to get it down. And then you don't, you do, then it's like coming out halfway before you sit on the toilet. And you're like, oh man, okay, I got to back up next time and catch that strategy right before the toilet again so that I can calmly sit down and remind myself that I am in control. Um, but I don't think it's ever something that I've noticed over however many years, you know, 20, 25 years that you never, there's periods of time where you don't have to think about it, but it always seems to come back. So it's not mm. that any of the management I've ever done has ever prevented it from returning. It's just, I just know how to manage it. Yeah. Yeah. Go back and forth. Well done. It's again, one of those things yeah. to manage, isn't it? You know, one of those things to manage. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, sorry about all the noise, people. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just what happens. <laughs> yeah, it's just what happens. Now, um, I know you have to run, and I guess we'll just one of the parts I wanted to say with regards to uh, the podcast is that we were going to do some more of these episodes. Not so much. I mean, if people really like the Vulvability House, please let us know because we'll do more of them. Um, but next year we will do some episodes where we actually tackle certain topics i think research um we'll still be interviewing people but we'll also um do some of these things perfect can't wait to go cox jays deep again (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for sharing all of your um you know personal information today guys thanks i feel like i know you all a little bit better yeah i think the audience will like that as well honestly so Hmm. yeah it was a good idea, Laurie. Good idea. All well right. Done. Well, yeah, we will drop it there because someone is hammering next door or maybe yeah. my house. <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry or happy holidays. Christmas. Yes.
silly season. Not everyone believes in Christmas. So I hope you just, you know, enjoy time with your friends, family, oh, watch totally movies. I totally believe in Christmas. Yeah. Drink eggnog. <laughs> have some gingerbread. You know. Anyway. Okay. Take care, yeah. everyone. See ya. See you next year.